Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. And this may be the quiet week for a lot of people, but apparently not for the housing ministry. Good morning, Vaughn. Uh, good morning, Simi. I know the housing minister is uh, trying to hit the ground running, I think, for 2023. And no wonder he's got a, a huge assignment, uh, Ravi Kailan. He's the first head of the first standalone housing ministry in B.C. in more than 50 years. And hey, the last full-time housing minister wasn't a full-time ministry, but it was a full-time assignment, was a guy named David Eby, who's now the Premier. So not surprisingly, the Premier has some ideas about what needs to happen on the housing front, improving housing affordability and the plight of renters, uh, very high on Eby's list of priorities. So as I say, Simi, no wonder uh, Kalon wants to get a head start, and I gather you're going to be talking to him this morning as well. We are, yes. Okay, and this is a, a big announcement. This hopefully will make some kind of a difference for people who have disputes. Yeah, I mean, the New Democrats are obviously very sympathetic to the plight of renters. Uh, trying to, to deal with just a surge in complaints, mostly from renters, about problems with landlords. So the government says, hmm, 20 increase in the number of complaints, Uh, 20,000 applications a year for the residential tenancy branch to resolve landlord-tenant disputes. So Kalon's out yesterday announcing that they're going to increase the staffing for resolving disputes and increase the funding for the branch to increase the size of staff there and resources government hoping that if they do that, um, they say, you know, if they can expedite the disputes, if they're not left to fester, then uh, usually they can be resolved without going through the full arbitration process, which is onerous and takes time and resources. So that's the concept. Uh, One number from the press release yesterday, as I said, Simi, was uh, 20,000 applications a year for assistance in resolving landlord-tenant disputes. That's, what, almost 100 a day, 100 per working day. Um, There's five full-time staff in the dispute resolution uh, division, so they're doubling it to 10. Even that, it's going to be tough. Yeah, because there's a huge backlog. Yeah, it's a huge backlog. And and I'd say the one place where you could tell Kalon's a new minister is he was asked yesterday, could we get some targets? You know, how long are people waiting for resolution? He said, well, weeks and in some cases months. Okay, so what's your goal? How will we know a year from now that you've made progress? How, what's your target for reducing the wait times? I'll get back to you on that. So, okay, he'll get back to us on that. But I mean, with, with EB having raised expectations that the EB government is going to resolve the problems it inherited, um, you're going to need targets eventually. You're going to need him to be able to show us that, uh, you know, a year from now, okay, here's the progress we've made. So I think on that one, uh, yes, uh, the new housing minister will get back to us on that. Um, He needs to get back to us on that. There needs to be some way of saying, okay, you know, last year there was the backlog was 20,000 complaints, and this year it's been halved. Last year people were waiting months. They're now only waiting weeks. So that's, that's the kind of targets you'd like to hear about.
Well, yeah, and as soon as possible, I think, because, you know, there's a lot of people who are waiting to, you know, solve these complaints and get that backlog underway. So what are they doing then? Well, they're staffing up, first of all, and, you know, just getting back to people when they phone to complain. So, so people call for assistance, first of all. And first of all, they should get a call back. They say the goal is within a week saying, OK, here are your rights as a tenant and here's what you need to know. And if you happens to be a landlord, here's your rights as a landlord. Uh, the idea is that, that just answering those questions should move things along. The next step is uh, uh, just an intervening phone call to landlord, to tenant, to say, look, here's the law, here's the route to resolution. Why don't you do it? They say when the branch reacts quickly. When the compliance and enforcement branch gets going on it, most disputes are resolved. They don't have to go to the very onerous, time-consuming dispute resolution process, which can take months. So that's the rationale behind increasing the budget and increasing the staffing. And, you know, it makes sense that that would work. I guess we'll see if it does and if the backlog is cleared and if people start getting resolution on the issues. Uh, there's there's a bunch of issues around uh, residential tenancy. Uh, you know, you hear about rent evictions. Um, you hear about uh, people can't get their place looked after by landlords. You hear about chronic problems with some a small number of landlords. And one thing that Kalon indicated yesterday is that the branch is going to have the resources to get tough with the small number of landlords that are the chronic abusers of the process. Hmm. Okay, that's going to be a big deal to see some action done on that. But, you know, this is a big file. You talked about how this is a standalone ministry because this isn't the only issue that's going on here. Yeah, I know. I mean, we talked earlier this week about the unkept promise of rent relief. Uh, the New Democrats, oh, gee, it's going to be the promise is going to be entering its sixth year come January the 1st. Uh, they promised in the 2017 election to provide $400 a year in relief for renters. Whether or not that's a great idea, it was a promise. People expect it to be kept. And Kalon was asked about it yesterday, and he said, yes, we're working on it of course, is what the New Democrats have been saying for six years. Uh, but yes, it's going to happen. It's in the hands of the Ministry of Finance. I think very strong signals uh, from the Premier himself that that promise will be kept come budget day, maybe even before that. Budget day is the end of February. So that's in the works. Uh, the other question, I, this is probably the biggest problem, mm -hmm. is the state of BC Housing. So BC Housing is a Crown Corporation, SIMI. It's the main delivery agency for government assistance in social housing in British Columbia. New Democrats have a huge target to add 114,000 units of social housing over 10 years. We're halfway through that, way behind schedule. And the Premier himself admitted recently that Four out of five applications to BC Housing for assistance in developing social housing. These are projects that are ready to go in many cases. Four out of five aren't going ahead because of lack of government funding. So there's a lot of catching up to do there. And, 
you know, E.B. was asked, or sorry, Kalon was asked yesterday about BC Housing, and he said, well, you know, we're in the middle of a review. It's actually a forensic audit. And uh, we're expecting those uh, that report back in the new year, and we'll act, act on the recommendations. Well, when an organization, SIMI, is undergoing a forensic audit, it has a new board appointed by EB, and they're hunting for a CEO, and there are allegations of conflict of interest in awarding social housing contracts. I would say that's one of the biggest problems there. One of the biggest obstacles to getting anything done is that BC Housing itself is not in good shape. What is it, when you read between the lines on this, Vaughn, like what does it tell us that this is a standalone ministry, that Ravi Kalan is in charge? Like what does it tell us about the Premier's priorities here? I, I think it's it's probably his number one priority. You know, E.B. took over as housing minister himself, and it wasn't a full standalone ministry at that point. It was something you did off the side of your desk as attorney general. He took over two years ago and very quickly started saying there's big problems here. He ordered the reviews of BC Housing, replaced the board, said the number one challenge is increasing the housing supply, and said something had to happen. So, no, I mean, I think it's a huge priority. He has handed the ministry to uh, Kalon, who was himself expected to run for the party leadership, chose not to for personal reasons. When Kalon backed out, it pretty much ensured that EB would be the only candidate backed by cabinet and caucus. So Kalon had a role in making sure that EB uh, became leader. Uh, and as his reward, it's given the, the toughest assignment in the government. But look, that's how it works, right? That's what cabinet ministers are for. You give them the really tough assignments and tell them to get going on it. And I think a year from now, or even two years from now, if EB doesn't call an early election, the one of the biggest questions he's going to face is, have you made any progress on making housing more affordable in British Columbia? So far, under the new Democrats, the BC's been going backwards on the affordability issue. For all their good intentions and all their efforts, we've been going backwards. Showing progress on this file, huge, huge challenge. Ravi Kalon, as I say, probably has the toughest assignment in government. Yes. And on another note, I couldn't let you go this morning without talking about Tom Harrison. Like, you talk about legendary music critics in this town. That is the name at the top of the list. I was so sad to hear that he'd passed away. Yeah, very sad. Uh, died, I believe, on Christmas Day and a contemporary. Um, you know, Harrison was not just the 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 critic locally who made it into the BC Entertainment Hall of Fame for his writing and for his efforts on behalf of the BC music scene. I mean, I noticed that the the tributes on social media coming from the musicians he wrote about, the respect they had for him. And one of the amazing things to me about, about Harrison, he's in that very small group of music writers who were also musicians. It it doesn't take a lot of guts to, to be a music critic, frankly. Uh, you can say what you want. There's a lot of freedom out there. Um, 
But, you know, to be a musician yourself, and he was a songwriter, and he was a singer, and he was a drummer, and he had his own band with the delightful name Bruno Gerussi's Medallion. (laughs) Uh, Harrison had the guts to put his own music out there and let people have Adam. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons he had so much respect in the entertainment world and the music world. Worked for the Georgia Strait when I started, um, then went to work for the province. Worked for the province almost 40 years. Um, Man, I was thinking back this morning, Simi, to the wake that Tom and his wife Carrie organized for our mutual friend Jeannie Reed, who passed Mm. 15 years ago. Jeannie was the critic for the province before Tom, and Tom wrote a whole book about the music scene in Vancouver dedicated it to Jeannie. So this is a guy who's really going to be missed. He really is. I noticed even Brian Adams uh, yeah, talking Brian about Adams, him on Twitter. Uh, and bands that, you know, I think I see the pointed sticks out there. Well, I have a fond spot for them because Vancouver in the late 70s developed its own music scene, uh, punk and new wave when the rest of the world was consumed with disco. Uh, Vancouver had its own little independent music scene that kept growing and Tom was at the center of it and a lot of those bands, yeah. well, the members of the bands remember Tom and remember how supportive he was of the music scene. He certainly was. Vaughn, thank you for that. Bye-bye, Simon.